National coverage of America's greatest sport. Join us for bi-weekly episodes throughout the season, and remember to subscribe and rate or review the show wherever you get your podcast. If you would like to contact the show, please email us at ultimatecfbpod at gmail.com or via Twitter at CFB underscore ultimate. Welcome back to the Ultimate College Football Podcast as we continue our preview of all FBS conferences with the Conference USA, and the Conference USA was one of the conferences most profoundly impacted by conference realignment as they say goodbye to UTSA, FAU, North Texas, UAB, Rice, and Charlotte, who are now all in the American Athletic Conference, and they welcome Liberty and New Mexico State from the independent ranks, as well as Jacksonville State and Sam Houston uh, from the FCS level to make up a nine-team conference uh, that is a little bit of a hodgepodge. It stretches from New Mexico and goes all the way to Florida, extends up north into uh, Kentucky. Uh, so it's uh, kind, of, kind of an odd makeup, particularly for this season in the future. Uh, Kennesaw State, another FCS school, will be joining to make it 10 schools, and maybe they will uh, draw some other FCS schools up as well. But they are a conference that's certainly uh, struggling, uh, especially from a perception standpoint. Uh, They are viewed as the 10th of the uh, FBS conferences, the weakest of the 10, and uh, the weakest then obviously of the group of five. Uh, But it'll be interesting to see the conference in this new era if some new teams uh, can emerge. Liberty is certainly one to keep an eye on. They are a program that has more resources than most group of five schools, but because of uh, politics largely, they've had a hard time finding a conference home. So they actually moved up from the FCS to FBS level just as an independent, uh, played some fairly difficult schedules as an independent, uh, played some Power 5 schools each year, and had even some success against Power 5 teams. Uh, So Liberty has uh, very accustomed uh, to winning, and they feel like they could be a real player here in the conference. You would say maybe could even dominate the league because uh, they just have resources that dwarf pretty much everyone uh, in the conference USA. Despite that, Liberty is not necessarily the outright favorite uh, to win the league in their first season as they are undergoing a change. Hugh Freeze enjoyed a lot of success with the Flames. He has gone to Auburn, and his replacement is Jeremy Chadwell, who was one of the hotter names in the coaching ranks, but for whatever reason, uh, hasn't gotten a Power 5 call at this point in time. Uh, so he decided to jump ship from Coastal Carolina to Liberty, and he has the potential to win immediately, but he does employ a different offense than what Liberty uh, ran under freeze. Liberty had very good offenses under freeze. Uh, They have uh, pretty good talent, at least uh, for Conference USA school uh, at hand here for Jeremy Chadwell to tap into. Uh, But it is something to watch as you go from two pretty different systems. How smoothly is that transition going to go as Chadwell has a pretty unique system. It's kind of a you know option from a shotgun, uh, but it's done differently than really anyone else at this point in time. I'm sure a lot of his principles will travel to other teams uh, because it's been quite successful. 
at this point in time, uh, Liberty's offense is going to be uh, a very different look uh, for their new conference mates, which in some ways could be an advantage for Liberty, but still, they're bringing in a new system, and there could be some growing pains with that. Outside of Liberty, the two schools you want to keep an eye on uh, for uh, main teams that challenge for the championship are Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. Both of those schools are, of course, staples here in the conference. You have been in the conference for some time, and both, particularly Western Kentucky, have enjoyed uh, quite a bit of success. Middle Tennessee, not as much, and they tend to be a little bit up and down. Uh, they have some you know, pretty mediocre years and some pretty bad years mixed in, but uh, they uh, have enjoyed uh, some success and lots of bowl appearances. Western Kentucky, uh, they have played in the championship game uh, the last couple of, or at least two years ago they did. Last year they just missed out on the championship game, uh, but they are a team that a lot of people might actually peg as the favorite above Liberty. That's because you've got more continuity uh, returning the same head coach and Tyson Helton, and they are a school that is kind of plug and chug at the offensive coordinator position. Uh, they keep on getting poached by bigger schools, trying to tap into the offensive success that the Hilltopters have enjoyed. Uh, but despite the kind of revolving door at offensive coordinator, the Hilltopter offense continues to hum. And the trigger man for this juggernaut is Austin Reed, who did uh, get approached, uh, reportedly at least, by uh, several uh, Power 5 schools to be their starting quarterback or at least challenge for the job, but he decided to stay at Western Kentucky. He has a lot of uh, other teammates returning on offense, particularly on the offensive line, as well as uh, some wideouts as well. So this is an offense that uh, should really carry Western Kentucky uh, to a pretty successful season, one would suspect, and they have some opportunities to make a splash in the non-conference as well which is probably needed if the Conference USA is going to challenge for a spot in the New Year Six, which there is one spot reserved for the highest-ranked Group of Five champion uh, because of the perception of the Conference USA. It's going to be difficult for the Conference USA champion to seriously contend for that spot. Uh, but Western Kentucky, they have Ohio State in Week 3. That, of course, would uh, be uh, pretty hard to envision them winning that game. Uh, so that's probably more of a hindrance than anything, but maybe an opportunity to have a respectable showing. And then I think the game that could be more important is Troy the following week. Uh, Troy's defending Sun Belt champion, probably going to be one of the better teams in the Sun Belt once again. So if you can have one of your conference's best teams beat a uh, kind of similar team in another conference, uh, that maybe can help garner some respect. Uh, but uh, probably a pretty narrow uh, path to the New Year Six for Western Kentucky, even if they were to win the conference. And same thing for Liberty. I'd actually say that uh, the margin for error for them is uh, that they've got to go undefeated because they have a very weak non-conference slate. So Liberty probably would have to go undefeated to garner consideration for a major bowl game. The third team I mentioned as a contender for the conference crown is Middle Tennessee, and the reason why I think they could be a contender is, for one, the conference is weaker this year with uh, all the you know influx of new teams and uh, the departure of 
several teams, including the top team in the conference, uh, or at least was the top team in the conference in UTSA. So I think that allows Middle Tennessee to make a move, and this is a team that just hasn't been able to win that conference championship, but they've been pretty consistent for the most part of going to bowl games, and I think they really could move up in the hierarchy. Uh, Rick Stock still is entering his 18th season at Middle Tennessee. That is pretty unheard of. Uh, or I should say very unusual uh, for a coach to be at a school for that long uh, that shows you that you're doing something right. Now, on the flip side, for a group of five school, if you have that type of longevity, uh, it also shows that you have been successful enough to garner a head coaching job from the Power Five ranks. So a conference championship game uh, victory for Middle Tennessee would be an anomaly for them, but I think it's within play at the very least, and particularly their defense is very experienced, should be very stout. Uh, this is a team that is uh, probably a little bit behind Liberty and Western Kentucky, uh, but you're probably just a upset victory away from garnering one of those two spots to the Conference USA Championship game. So Middle Tennessee should definitely be a contender. Uh, probably not a contender, though, for a New Year's Six game. Open up the year against Alabama and Missouri. Unlikely to be very competitive uh, in either game and really no other opportunity on the schedule uh, to really boost up their resume. So the Conference USA is really a long shot uh, to make it to a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, but you could have an entertaining championship race in the conference between that trio of teams. Elsewhere in the conference, I'm interested to see how uh, the new schools adjust. You've got Sam Houston, who won a national championship at the FCS uh, level back in 2020 and 2021. They made it to the quarterfinals, were the number one seed undefeated until the quarterfinal lost to Montana State. And then last season, and what was their final FCS season, they did not have a good year. They only went five and four, but that record is a little bit deceiving as head coach uh, Casey Keeler. He decided in wake of of the move to the Conference USA to redshirt most of their starters. So most of their starters just played in a handful of games, and the idea is that you have more experienced players going into your first season uh, in the FBS, which is going to mark a vastly uh, tougher schedule, and then you start to build depth with some of your backups. So I certainly see why he did that. It was kind of a throwaway year as a result, but uh, since it was their last season in the FCS, they were ineligible for the playoffs. So it actually made a lot of sense in the long run, and it's really an unknown how does one of the top FCS schools, how are they going to be able to compete at the group of five FBS level, particularly in presumably the weakest of those 10 conferences. So it probably is going to be an uphill battle, particularly uh, in these early years for Sam Houston, uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they can compete James Madison in their first season as an FCS school. Uh, they won the division in the Sun Belt, so it's not necessarily out of the question that Sam Houston could really surprise people. The other school that is jumping up from the FCS ranks is Jacksonville State, and with their uh, jump to the Conference USA, we're going to see Rich Rodriguez return to the FBS level as uh, he just enjoyed his first season at Jacksonville State, so that's a very familiar face for college football fans, and they're another team that's really uh, quite a wild card. They were the A-Sun champion last year, going 5-0 in conference, 9-2 overall, uh, but uh, how exactly does that translate to the FBS level? 
It's certainly going to be a tougher road, and particularly, you know, for both teams, uh, one of the challenges is that's going to be going against the depth of these FBS teams. Uh, that is uh, something that really uh, is a difference between FCS and FBS football, is that just the FBS teams have more depth. Uh, so that's something to watch there for Jacksonville State, uh, but certainly a strong program, a very good head coach who is very experienced and rich rod, uh, but an unknown to see how they're going to adjust uh, to this level of play. The last new school in the Conference USA is New Mexico State, who is entering the second season under Jerry Kill, and they maybe could be a little bit of a sleeper in the Conference USA. Uh, they are a program that was an independent for a long time, so very excited, of course, to join the Conference USA, where they'll be reunited with one of their main rivals in UTEP. That series, of course, was still played annually just as a non-conference game, uh, but they at least have one connection there uh, with uh, one of their new conference foes. Uh, but New Mexico State program has had very little success historically. Uh, recently as well, uh, was kind of floundering without a conference, but in Jerry Kill's first season and their last year of independence was able to have a winning record, went to and won a bowl game. So that Aggies entered the Conference USA with some momentum. And I think especially playing against schools that are uh, making the jump to the FBS level, uh, that's two of the nine teams in the conference, uh, a lot of these other schools in the Conference USA uh, were not particularly strong last year outside of the kind of big three that I mentioned in Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, and the other FBS newbie to the Conference USA and Liberty. Uh, but New Mexico State could uh, match up very well with some of the other teams in the conference like UTEP, Louisiana Tech, and a Florida International. So a return to a bowl game is in play uh, and I think probably expected. And can they maybe uh, be a little bit of a tough out for some of the top teams in the conference? Uh, time will tell, but I think the Aggies actually entered the Conference USA in pretty good position. And they, of course, are led by Jerry Kill, a very experienced head coach who has won everywhere he's been. So New Mexico State in a pretty good uh, spot. Uh, the remaining teams in the Conference USA are the schools that kind of got passed over in conference realignment. Uh, other conferences did not come calling, uh, so they're still in the Conference USA. And that is the group of UTEP, who is... Uh, really in a do-or-die season for uh, Dana Dimble. Uh, he has not been particularly successful at UTEP, and he really, I think, needs to make it to a bowl game, particularly as the schedule uh, presumably is going to be weaker this year. You got Florida International, as they are in the second season of head coach Mike McIntyre, and they are coming off of a 4-8 and eight season, so uh, FIU doesn't appear to be in a real strong position, but Coach McIntyre does have a history of building programs, so uh, maybe they can take a step forward uh, in year two, uh, but he certainly has his work cut out for him, and FIU is kind of notorious for not having a lot of uh, institutional support of the football program. Then Louisiana Tech, uh, last season, Sonny Combe's debut uh, season produced a 3-9 and nine record. Uh, that uh, was kind of surprising to me, uh, but was a new system, and he now is entering year two. Uh, he's more comfortable in the role. Uh, he has now a more experienced team. A lot of people who are more familiar with the way he operates his program
program and the schemes that are employed. So if you're looking at a group uh, from this three to make a jump, I think it's Louisiana Tech, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, make it to a bowl game this season. So that is the new look Conference USA. It's going to be a little funky when you just look at all these different kind of hodgepodge schools uh, put together. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see, and they are actually going to be more visible as they have a new television uh, contract in place. They're going to be playing a lot of weekday games in the month of October, kind of like what the MAC does in November. So uh, in October in particular, you're going to have a lot of conference games that are on national television, and uh, you actually are going to be able to watch some of these schools if you uh, so choose uh, in their previous uh, media rights deal. Uh, they were put in some pretty obscure channels and uh, not very visible. So in that regard, it is a step in the right direction for the Conference USA. Well, that's going to do it for today. Thank you for listening. This is the Ultimate College Football Podcast.